Welcome to PNR Show Season 4, Episode 8, The BYO Oscar Show. I'd rather have lugger than life. I'll take a strong stout over strife. I'd prefer to confer with a half pint of ale than live a long life till my private parts fail. For life without liquor is to no avail. So bring me lugger for life. From the deepest, darkest, rarelyest, using us corner of the interweb, it's the Pint of No Return show, beer podcast extraordinaire. Tonight, our Oscar recaps. We'll see how the boys did, and a BYOB episode. And, well, the boys got their picks for the week. And now, here is the greatest host in podcast history... Keith, wait, Keith. No, wait, no, wait, what? what? No, it's wrong. No, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It said it said Keith here, uh, but that was really for uh, our baldest head. Uh, winning as as Jeremy, Jeremy, best podcast. Uh, what? No, no. What? Yeah, I'm really honored to it's have this. Gary, honor. no, no, no. Sit down, sit down, Jeremy. Gary is the winner. I would like to. No, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's the uh, slowest take on the. Okay. Uh, Rob is the winner! You know what? We're all the winners. Burn. <laughs> Hi, boys. Hey, Rob. <laughs> so let's just start. Let's. I want, I want to come right out of the gate with that. The, just the greatest moment in Oscar history. What yeah, say you? Awesome. For those of you who don't know, and you've it. not been looking at any social media in the last week, uh, at the end of the night, a long, uh, long, sometimes boring and tedious Oscar broadcast, uh, Warren Beatty and uh, uh, Faye Dunaway, two youngsters on the movie scene, two up and coming, <laughs> uh, came out to announce Best Picture. And uh, Warren Beatty had the envelope in his hand. He opened it up, and and he looked at Faye Dunaway, and she looked at him, and he looked at her, and then she read that the winner was La La Land. So they all came up. They were all congratulating each other, jumping up and down. It was like their seventh win of the night. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden, you see from from back behind the the people, the producers actually thanking people. Uh, crew members from backstage with headsets on and tuxedos running around furiously behind stage grabbing at envelopes. And so we come to find out uh, about 15, 20 seconds later as the producer of La La Land comes up and says, I don't really know how to, to I don't know what's going on here, but uh, Moonlight won Best Picture. Uh, it's not a joke. Uh, no, you, you guys really won. It's, here it is. Here's the envelope. And so Moonlight comes up kind of dumbfounded. Uh, okay. Thank you. Uh, it was great to win, and uh, and, and good night. <laughs> so all in all, a great Oscars broadcast. <laughs> yeah, that was. All. I actually missed it because as soon as they said "La La Land," I know. I did, right, everybody stood up like, okay, time for bed. Turn I was about to turn it off. I was finishing something up on the computer, and then all of a sudden, I see people running around like crazy. Yeah, uh, one of somebody who was checking their phone on their way to bed or, you know, whatever said, oh, that, that was wrong. And then we, you know, figured it out. But it, yeah, I totally missed it. <laughs> Steve Harvey has has clear sailing now for the rest of his life. 
No one's yeah. gonna remember Steve Harvey anymore. For that, anyway. Who's Steve Harvey? Steve Harvey was the is the <laughs> host of Family Feud and the host of the Miss America pageant last year, who accidentally announced the wrong winner. Oh, see, that's how much I watched the Miss exactly. America. Exactly. Exactly. So. But uh, we'll have more Oscar chatter uh, later on. We have come to drink beer and drink it well. Um, so uh, first of all, do we have any feedback? I don't know. Nope. Okay, good. So straight to the beer. <laughs> it's a BYOB episode, folks, which means bring your own beer to the podcast. We're not going to drink the same beer, but four different ones. And I'm starting off uh, with one of my favorite breweries. I know the boys are hit and miss with this, mostly miss. But I'm going with Sam Adams. Oh. Downtime Pilsner. Yeah. Crisp and lightly hopped with new and heritage Bavarian hops. Uh, Gary, what is your beer of choice tonight? I have uh, Upslope Brewing Imperial IPA, which is in a very large can. There. I'll, I'll give uh, to you. They're out of Boulder. And I was there this weekend and picked one up. Boulder? I hardly yeah. knew her. But you know, <laughs> Jeremy, that looks like a beer. Big old beer there, ten percenter. Um, I'm drinking yeah. a home brew that I, I brewed with some friends a few weeks back. It's a, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's an Oktoberfest style lager. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it already. We were counting on the ambient temperature to lager the beer. Uh oh. So, well, that may not have worked, huh? Well, it so so it may or may not be a lager. It has. Yeah. <laughs> no, so it's, it's got the right yeast. That's all that matters, right, Jeremy? That's correct. It's a lager. <laughs> Very good. Finally, my it's, man Keith. And it's got some. It's got some sediment in it, so I'm thinking it might Perfect. be ready to drink. Perfect. Uh, Keith, what's your beer? I am. Uh, I've gone back to Ithaca Brew, which we've had real hit and miss uh, with. Some of our favorite beers and some of our most hated beers have come out of Ithaca in in New York. But uh, they've got a new one out called Midnight Sun. It's a black lager, a Schwartz beer, if you will, um, that I had for the first time yesterday and really enjoyed. So I'm having it again. Schwartz beer, and probably one more again because I've got a backup beer sitting next to it because I'm thirsty. Yeah, there's a lot of thirst going around today, apparently. Yeah. So uh, let us, sh- as they say, drink. Drink to your health. Happy Oscar show, boys. Cheers. Prost. Ooh, there's carbonation. That's a good sign. I'm going right out the bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man, mm. 20 mm. ounces of beer. Mm. How awesome mm. is that? Mm. Mm. Yum, yum. Look at how full that glass is. That's like delight. Is that a, is that a spotten glass? No, it's it's my IPA glass. Oh, looks like a spotten. Very good. <clears throat> uh, the downtime pilsner has a nice, clean, crisp taste, and it's got a little bit of um, the hops in it. Um, just a tiny bit of bitterness at the back, which is really, really pleasant. Um, very, very good. Uh, I'm going to enjoy this as the show goes on. What are your initial impressions? I'll go in reverse order, Keith, of your Schwarzbier. Um, Schwarzbier, yes. The the, the black lager is really nice. I really like these dark lagers because they have the the approachability and the quaffability of a, of a light lager, but with some actual body and taste and robustness. And this one's got a little special treat at the end. 
it's got bitterness, but not really from hops as much as it's from a uh, what tastes like a very dark chocolate kind of malt. Ooh. And so it's got kind of that bitter chocolate bar, dark chocolate bar flavor at the end, but still uh, eminently quaffable. Excellent. More on that later. Uh, Jeremy, your Oktoberfest homebrew lager. What do you got? It's not terrible. So hey, that's, that's, a that's, a, that's a win right there. Yeah, if you can come out with a homebrew that's, that's not terrible, I, I I definitely think it's time to try it again. Yeah, it's a, it's okay. It's um, it's not a beer I would buy, <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's all right. I'll drink it. Okay, <laughs> glowing review. Yeah, <laughs> Gary, your IPA. Do I even need to ask? Uh, this is a, a for starters. It comes in a really big can, um, Love so that's, that. a, that's that's a that's an immediate like plus score right there. The ingredients are snowmelt, malt, New Zealand hops, and snowmelt. Snowmelt. They're in Boulder in Colorado. So they take their get their water from uh, melted snow. Apparently, uh, it's as, as do uh, most of the mountain states. There you go. Speaking I, of uh, I, speaking of melted snow, I understand you guys in San Francisco are going to be swimming to work soon. We hope so. Mm. Well, except that the rain will probably cause an earthquake. So I heard you have the the biggest yeah. snowpack in recent memory. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Which, when that melts, is going to be a lot of fun. Yep. All right. Well, so spring skiing. We are going to uh, circle back to the beers uh, midway through the show, see how the boys are liking it. Um, but now we move to our pint taken segment. It's our topic of the week, our Oscar review. Keith. Bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? All right. Uh, so... Other than the um, the big, huge uh, snafu at the end of the Oscar telecast, um, was there anything, for those of you guys that did watch it, anything that stuck out for you on the show? Uh, I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a, a, a reasonable job. It wasn't – it was – he was – decent as a host we've had yeah. some that have really stunk like uh what's his name they did it as a pairing of the uh james franco and what's her name james oh franco anne hathaway was, yeah anne hathaway was fine but james franco was just completely wasted and couldn't even function yeah so this was nice to have a functional host that um you know added a little bit of humor but it wasn't about him it was about the show still yeah he uh i mean he he went right after uh President Trump right off the bat, which was no surprise at all. No, he's a late night host, That's but it wasn't. Do. I mean, it it was it, it was expected, and it wasn't too over the top. Um, I thought he did okay. First of all, I mean, I think most people agree that the hosting the Oscars or the Emmys or the Golden Globes is pretty much a thankless job. You cannot win. If you do a bad job, you'll never hear the end of it. If you do a good job. Uh, it's because of other circumstances, so you really you just can't win. Yeah, yeah, and that, and I think he played it conservatively uh, for that yeah. reason. And most of the uh, presenters and the award winners too. I mean, there were some obvious 
some political statements, but it, it was not nearly as confrontational as they were people were making it out to be or leading to believe. So it was it was, yeah. it was toned down. I thought the the um, the gag, the running gag that uh, Kimmel had with bringing folks in from outside who are on some kind of a tour of movie stars' homes. He brought them into a, a kind of a sheltered hallway and didn't yeah. let them know what they were going to see. And all of a sudden, he brought them in uh, to this to the auditorium, and walked them in front of the front row, and introduced them to all the stars. That was that was interesting. That was fun. I uh, it was c- kind of weird that he just ushered them out. I thought maybe giving them a seat so they could watch the rest of the show might have been nice. Yeah, it it was a bit, and it, it was it was pretty funny. I mean. The look on some of their faces was was kind of good. It was. I thought, I thought the running bit with Matt Damon was done pretty well. I thought that the, the him and Matt Damon always do that thing really yeah. super well. I mean, they, I especially like when Matt Damon tripped him. Yeah, going back to the uh, the <clears throat> the uh, public visitors, uh, it turns out that the guy that got the most attention, I guess his name was Gary. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. All the photos. Yeah, um, unfortunately though for Gary. Uh, and for the Oscars, he apparently just got out of jail three days beforehand. Sweet for a sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he just married though? Was yeah, he, married? he was about to get married. He was engaged to the woman that uh, Denzel Washington performed a mock ceremony for. Oh, and then he hilarious. was he was going up and down, kissing everybody's hand. <laughs> so well, maybe a little embarrassing. <laughs> and the other great thing was the in memoriam section where they show all the people who have passed away. Um, yeah, they showed a, a, a woman who uh, was a, supposed to be a costume designer. Well, unfortunately, they showed the wrong picture. They showed a picture of a woman who was very much alive. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> tweeted out, "Hey, I'm still here. If my family and friends are worried about me, don't be. I'm okay." <laughs> so. uh, what do you think of the uh, best actor speech? The best actor speech was Casey uh, Affleck. Yeah. Um, I I have a hard time reading Casey Affleck. Yeah. As an actor and as a person, I, I don't quite get him. Um, he's he, he kind of borders a little bit to the saner side of Joaquin Phoenix. Only slightly. Yeah, just a little bit. And and so it's kind of tough to read him, but I thought his speech was okay. Um, yeah. Viola Davis gave a great speech. Yeah. Um, some 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 other interesting speeches. I don't. I can't remember anything else that really stuck it, out. He to reminds. Me. He reminds me of, of Gilbert Gottfried. So I've I've only got so long I can listen. Casey Affleck. To uh, <laughs> Casey Affleck. That's great. Wow. Oh, isn't he, isn't he the duck? No. The Affleck duck. Affleck. The Affleck duck. Sounds like Gilbert Godfrey. There was a joke yeah. there. Yeah, there was. There was. Uh, there was one to be had. The same, but sadly eluded. It's along the lines of the moonlighting joke. Yeah, exactly. The running moonlight joke. How did moonlighting so, do? Hey, it, uh, moonlighting uh, swept. <laughs> yeah, it was. The swept it. <laughs> Ah, so uh, every yeah. time I picked it, it, all y'all were just thinking it was a running gag. But no, I'm brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bruce Willis That's came out, gave a great good. speech. That's right. That's followed good. by you know, followed by uh, Sybil Shepherd, and then Miss DePesto came out and did a little number. Oh, see, Agnes DePesto. How hysterical would have that have been? One of the greatest <laughs> names in television history, character history, Agnes DePesto. 
Yep. Yeah. So, guys, would you like to find out how you did? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen, this is the Oscar recap. Now, as you recall, about a month ago, we got sat down and did our picks out of 23 categories. Um, I'm not going to go over each one individually because uh, yeah, that would just take forever and you guys would be as bored with that as we were when we were picking. Um, but I would like to give you the <laughs> overall results, and I have some other awards to give out to us um, ah. for, for some picks that we did. Okay, so let's let's start off. Let's uh, let's uh, bear, uh, expose the lead, as they say. And who was the big winner? Uh, starting in last place with seven correct picks out of twenty-three, for or thirty percent correct picked, Jeremy Brooks. Yes, <laughs> that's. And you supposed saw to be some of the You're supposed to have sound effects ready. He was clapping. I was yeah. clapping. There were real sound effects. Okay. That was in, the Foley work here. In third place <laughs> with eight picks. So only one better than Jeremy. 34.8% picked correctly. Keith Allen Seifert. <laughs> real sound effects. So like in, one point. One point better than Jeremy. That's my go. new motto. I <laughs> want to go through life. In third place... With nine picks, correct, 39.1%. The PNR show. Hey, the, the show wow. was in third. That's nice. Very good. Uh, in second place, 11 picks. We jump up two, two slots. We're into double digits. 47.8% of the, uh, the 23 picks this gentleman picked correctly. Gary Hagenbart. <laughs> Why does he get a laugh? He's second place. <laughs> and finally, in first place, 13 picks correctly, 56.5% correct. Yours truly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, for some special awards, I have an award for what I call the Han Solo picks. Those are picks made by one individual that was correct, but no one else picked it. He was the only person to get it right. Uh, Jeremy had zero. <laughs> uh, Keith had one. He picked uh, Piper for animated short film. and He was the only one that did. Nice. And well then done, we, well done, Keith. Gary had two of those. He picked the Jungle Book for visual effects, and he picked uh, Casey Affleck for best actor. He was the only one to pick Casey Affleck, which is pretty. Good. I picked. I picked Casey Affleck. You did. I must have been drunk. You did. You picked Casey Affleck. <laughs> uh, and then I had three um, solo picks. I had. They were they were junky ones. I picked the foreign language film, The Salesman. <laughs> I picked Hacksaw Ridge for film editing, and I had uh, oh, a, a Mahershala Ali for best supporting actor for Moonlight. I got that one. So I rounded up that category as well. Woohoo! And um, our next category is the Clueless Crown. 
the clueless crown goes to the person that uh, made the most Brilliant. picks that everyone else got right and he got <laughs> wrong. That has to be me. Come on, bring it. Uh, Jeremy, actually, you had zero. You never were by yourself picking wrong. So that's good. I can't even win. You can't even win the, the Clueless loser. Awards. Well, I'm, yeah. Uh, but I'm tied with you for that. I, I that's, never that's made a kind, pick that's by kind myself. Of a win. Uh, Keith had one. Hey, one? Yes, production design. Uh, the three of us picked La La Land for production design, and you picked Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Okay. However, Mr. Gary Hagenbart wins the uh, Clueless Crown. He uh, lost for best original score. We all picked La La Land, and he picked Lion. I don't know why that was. Because it was an and awesome then, score. <laughs> are, you, are you sure he wasn't trying to say La La Land while drunk? No. And then for costume design, we all picked Fantastic Beasts, and he picked Florence Foster Jenkins. I thought they were going to give it to Meryl. Moving on to our next award, we have the left fielders. These are picks for uh, movies we had no clue what they were, and we still won. Ha-ha. Uh, Jeremy had zero. <laughs> and At then least we, Jeremy's consistent. Yeah. And then we, we had have a, th- a sound clip of that? Jeremy had zero. <laughs> Jeremy had zero. <laughs> now we have a three-way tie between Keith, uh, Gary, and myself uh, with two. Uh, documentary short subject was one documentary feature was one foreign language film and film editing um, those were all categories uh, I think animated short film uh, and live action short film all of those I described as out of left field like we have no idea what they were so uh, Keith, Gary and myself had two of those all right I have three awards now for P- the PNR show itself. The first award is the oh, All In Award. My. Oh my! That's right. Oh, These are the awards my. that oh, all of us picked. Oh. All of us picked the correct movie. We had three of those. Three All Ins. We were all in on City of Stars from La La Land. We were all in on uh, Damien Chazelle as your best director for La La Land. And we were all in on Emma Stone as best actress for La La Land. Yeah. So that's not too bad. Three out of 23. We missed. We were all, we all picked best picture also, but we, we were all wrong. (laughs) Well, if you ask Faye Dunaway, we were right. (laughs) right. Exactly. (laughs) This one is the Titanic Award. Uh, we're the band on the Titanic going down on a sinking ship. This is one where we all picked uh, the wrong answer. That, that was not most of the awards. No, it's only five. There are only five of them. We oh. missed uh, writing for adapted screenplay. We missed live action short film. So what won the writing? Moonlight? Adapted screenplay was won by Moonlight, yes. We missed live-action short film, which was won by Sing. We missed makeup and hairstyling, which was won by, of all things, Suicide Squad. I... I, Never mind. (laughs) Yes, Suicide Squad is an Oscar-winning film. That is... That is... 
that is a sad testament to our society. Yeah. Welcome to America. We missed uh, Best Supporting Actress. All of us missed uh, Viola Davis winning that one. And, of course, we all missed Best Picture. Yeah. So did PricewaterhouseCoopers. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then the next award for the PNR show itself are the coin flippers. You know, you recall as we made our picks, if there was a tie between the four of us, we would uh, flip a coin and take the the pick of the two that won the flip. They so were we picked a British coin. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> so the coin flipper awards are the are the movies so that had we gone the other way, the PNR show would have picked correctly, and we had four of those. Uh, Manchester by the Sea for original screenplay, The Jungle Book for best visual uh, vis visual effects. Excuse me, um, Hacksaw Ridge for sound mixing, and uh, OJ Made in America for best documentary feature. So yeah, so there are four of those. And finally, my last set of awards for not these aren't really awards, but these are comparisons. Um, uh, between two different people on the show, how did they pick? So Keith and Jeremy, when they picked together, they picked together as, as a unit 11 times. And they got uh, five right. 47.8% when they picked. At least it wasn't zero. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy got zero. Yeah. Uh, Keith and Gary picked the same Picked the same nine times out of 23, 39.1% of the time. Keith and Rob picked together eight times, 34.8%. We actually picked the same movies the least, Keith, which is strange because we often said we share a brain. Well, uh, that explains why you won and I didn't. <laughs> Jeremy and Rob picked together 10 times. Jeremy was the lowest, but we picked together 10 times. 43.5% of the time. And Gary and Rob uh, was the highest. We uh, chose 12 of the same films, 52.2%. But now, let me flip that around. When we picked together, how often were we right? You and I must have been right a lot because we were the top two. Uh, Keith and Gary was the lowest scoring combination of correct picks with 44.4%. Keith and Jeremy were the second lowest at 45.5%. Uh, next was Jeremy and Gary at 50%. It's not bad. Jeremy and Rob, 60% of the time when we picked, we were right. Then Gary and Rob, we were right seven times when we picked together, 70% of the time. And believe it or not, Keith, the brain sharing does work because we picked uh, the same movies only eight times, but when we did, we got six out of those eight correct for 75%. Yeah, baby. So how many did you and I get correct together? You and I got seven correct. So Okay, so we still won. Yeah. <laughs> we had the highest number, but the with the second highest percentage. So, um, so a lot of winners tonight. Jeremy, except, you're going home a winner me. too. No, no, no. You're going home a winner. Jeremy got zero. <laughs> Most zeros award. So that is your Oscar recap. Are there any specific categories you'd like to know about? I'd like to know who's going to present the Best Picture Award for next year. 
I know who's not yeah. presenting it. <laughs> usually, yeah. it's usually it's someone that was involved with the best picture from the year previous. But this year was the I guess the fiftieth anniversary of Bonnie and Clyde, um, which is why they had Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway. I'd forgotten that both of those people were even hanging around still. <laughs> but Warren Beatty was just in a was just did a big movie. Really, uh, Warren Beatty is going to be the new uh, Abe Pagoda. <laughs> <laughs> Give him about five years, and he's going to tweet once a day letting us know he's alive. Yeah, right. Hey, one more thing before we go to our pick segment, since you guys don't have any other categories you want to talk about. Um, I don't know if you want to spend a, just a second or two talking about um, the passing of Bill Paxson, who died uh, oh. the day before the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Bill Paxson is, was never a big Hollywood leading man, but, man, was he in a lot of big films. Um, Alien, Twister, The Terminator – Titanic, the biggest movie of all time. Um, <coughs> Tombstone. Uh, on and on. They were just in a ton of stuff. And um, it died suddenly, I guess, from complications from surgery. So he's a really he's a really great character actor. Um, I liked him a lot, just in about everything he did. So what did you, you guys have any thoughts on Bill Paxton? Yeah, I you know he, everything you said is true. I think of him from Big Love, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife loved that show because he was the lead in that, and that was a show we didn't finish all the seasons because it got kind of a little weird at the end. But um, he was great in that show, and even my uh, youngest daughter uh, knew him because he was in um, the Marvel Agents of Shield. He was. Oh right, uh, yes, that's right. He had a, a a key role, but not a huge role in um, the first and second season. Yeah, around that time. Yeah, um, first season for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I think overlapped into the second maybe. Um, yeah, so she's like, oh yeah, he's the guy that was the bad guy. Yeah, so um, yeah, he a great actor. Yeah, influential. A lot of um, important movies and things on his list, and he even did some directing later in his career. So yeah. He did a very good movie called Frailty, which was really, really good. And uh, had just started a reboot of the uh, movie Training Day on television. He was playing the Denzel Washington kind of uh, corrupt cop character. Um, oh, that's right. So that had just started. Hmm. Yeah, he was just, he never seemed to get the lead very often, but boy, he was just an amazing supporting character mm-hmm. all the way through everything. Every every movie that I can think of that he was in, if he weren't in it, that would have left a hole. So, I mean, that was, that was I'm not a huge movie buff, and I, I often don't even, can't even tell you the names of the characters I like, you know, the actors that I like in movies. But uh, Bill Paxson was was one I always remembered and could identify, and yeah, he's going to be missed. Yeah, that's tough. He's only sixty-one. Yeah, which you know, twenty years ago would have seemed like ancient, but (laughs) closing in on fifty, it's not so old anymore. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you know who Bill Paxson is. I can put up a picture of him for you. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't he uh, the guy that was chasing gophers in the. In the golf movie. Okay, that's Bill Murray. You're thinking, you're thinking oh, Bill, Bill Murray. Mur- Bill Murray. Murray. All right. <laughs> Bill, Bill Murray still, still, Murray's still with us. Still with us. <laughs> Any other famous Bills you know? <laughs> Bill the Cat. I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, Bill Paxton would have made a good Bill the Cat. Let's see, so he was in Apollo 13. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah, about Apollo right. 13. Yeah. Which I, I did see. I have no idea who he is. No, I have no idea who this Played guy is. Played Fred Hayes in Apollo 13, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess my favorite... There's a, he has so many great roles. He was so awesome in Aliens as the the, the dipshit Marine. Yeah. Um, game over, man. Game over, man. Um, an awesome in Tombstone. Tombstone two. is a very is a very special movie. Um, for I for, for Keith and I, we really liked that movie growing up. And uh, growing up, it was in our twenties. But um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. You know what? Now that so, I'm so I'm you... 45, pushing 50. Yeah, that was growing up. Yeah, right. <laughs> no doubt about it. You guys grew up early. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Bill Paxton, that's, that was a tough one. I mean, we lost a really a lot of really um, famous people uh, that yeah. impacted our lives this year. You know, Gene Wilder and um, oh, man, Prince. Prince, just on and on, just a ton. Bowie. David Bowie. Oh, it was, it was a horror. Carrie Fisher was a, just a really tough year for deaths. Yeah, it really was for celebrity deaths. It was yeah. That was a lot of them. But uh, you know, we'll always ha we always have his movies to go back to, and he he left a large body of work to appreciate. So, mm -hmm. safe home, Bill Paxton, safe home. All right, yes. with that, uh, guys, any um, mid-show thoughts on the beer? Has has any any new thoughts on what you're drinking? I've switched to a uh, baby daddy session IPA from um, <laughs> The guys with the eyes. Should we take? Should we take much better than the uh, homebrew Oktoberfest? Should we take it from that that your your impressions of the Oktoberfest are not going to be that great? Uh, you you could probably safely assume that. All right, uh, Keith, how's your beer going down? Are you on your next one? I am. I'm. I've opened the second one and I, and I'm halfway through that. I'm enjoying it now. Um, it's as it warms up a little bit. It's opening up nicely, but it's still a lager, so it shouldn't you shouldn't let it get too warm. Um, no, it's it's good cold. Um, it's nice and robust, and it's still uh, like I said, the bitterness is a little bit from hops, but mostly from this nice dark chocolate kind of finish that it's got. Um, I, I really like this beer a lot. Yeah, I'm going to rate it high. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Gary, how's your beer? Uh, my beer is awesome. This is, uh, I mean, for coming out of a can and traveling on an airplane and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, man, this is great. <laughs> I love. It. I know. I love it when Gary's enjoying his beer, especially if it has a high alcohol content because it's just this is yeah high alcohol great. content. It's before dinner time on the West Coast. Great. So. Yeah, ten percent before yeah. dinner are always fun. Yeah. And 20, uh, 20 ounces too. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to move from our pint taken segment, our Oscar wrap up, into our half pint segment. It's time for our picks of the week, Keith. Oh, Bill Paxton was great in The Godfather. Did you know he was in The Godfather, Jeremy? Has Jeremy seen The Godfather? Was Was, was he the horse? <laughs> <laughs> He played the guy. He played the guy that was uh, that was beating up Connie, beating up uh, Sonny's uh, sister. I don't know if I've ever seen the whole Godfather. Oh my god! <laughs> I knew that was coming. That just uh, I really knew that was that just I've, I've seen parts here. of it, but I I honestly don't know if I've ever seen. Oh, it. 
that is just painful in here. Oh, I just died a little bit inside. <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to our half pint segments. These are our picks of the week apps, TV shows, music, movies, anything we think you should take a look at. That's what we're going to give to you. And right now, we're going to start with Jeremy. Jeremy, you have to drop everything and go on Godfather right now. <laughs> Uh, so my pick is uh, the Godfather. Uh, have you guys heard of this? It's going to be big. It's a real good kids movie. movie. <laughs> uh, my pick tonight is uh, called Nightgate. It's a game for iOS. The mechanic is you're a little dot and you move around the screen, catching other things, avoiding obstacles. Um, really pretty well done. Nice control control scheme. You can play it with um, one finger on the screen. And really cool music going on in the background. Uh, I believe it is free this week, so check it out. Nightgate. You got to talk more. Gotten. We're early. We're early, so it's getting gotten. It's okay. It's so. okay to be less than an hour. This is PNR show, not Happy Time Magic Hour. We don't have also service. Rob. Rob has a pick coming up too, so don't don't assume we're going to be early. It's true. I do. <laughs> uh, hey, wow. There's no <laughs> hidden message in that one. Wow, that no, was I'm good. Saying, you, you, you really, you really know how to describe your picks, Rob. That's what I'm saying. I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> What's your pick for the week? Usually, guys are telling me to to hurry the f up, and now you're like, "Were you talking to me?" Yes, you, Gary. Uh, sorry, I was drinking beer. I couldn't hear you. Um, I, I have three, and I, I can't decide which way to go. Well, we have time clearly, so take your time. <laughs> So, um, I'm actually I'm gonna pick a brewery. Um, what? Yeah, it's not against the rules, no, right? Not at all. No. Uh, I'll pick Upslope. Um, so I was in Boulder over the weekend, and uh, friends of ours that we were staying with um, are friends with the guy, with the wife of the friends we were staying with is friends of the wife of the guy that started Upslope. So. Uh, we went and did a tour, and uh, yeah, the, the founder actually did the tour, I think, because we were there, and um, that was pretty cool. So he kind of told the whole history of the brewery, and they're an independent craft brewer in Boulder. They started in the middle of the recession and built a successful business. The guy, like, mortgaged his home, like, three times to get the brewery up and running. Wow. And, um, yeah, like, yeah, he's, like, refinancing his house to take out a second loan in around 2008. So... Uh, that's you know kind of risky. Uh, so they made it work though, and um, they are producing some really excellent craft brews in Colorado. And um, so they have they have two. They outgrew the first place, so they opened a second place. So I went to both of them, of course. Um, they had to do that, but they have um, a, an excellent variety of beer. Some some breweries like you know they they focus on IPAs, especially if you're on the West Coast. Um, but this this place, they have, I think, maybe two IPAs out of the 10 or 12 beers on the menu. And, uh, you know, they even had a lager. They had a, you know, a, a barley wine, a stout. They had, like, pretty much every style of beer represented um, that you could sample. So they, they are um, truly a craft brew that is keeping things local. And um, uh, rumor has that they were uh, offered to sell out. And uh, declined. What? Uh, he, what? Yeah, yeah, they got a purchase offer and declined. 
That's crazy. Uh, so yeah, there. If you happen to be in the Denver area of Colorado, uh, I, I highly recommend picking up some Upslope, and uh, they they can everything. So it's a great brewery. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, you had more picks. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, okay. Um, since we're on the the local Boulder theme, uh, we we found a hat store, which uh, in California a hat store basically means all of the hipster hip hop kind of baseball hat type thing. Mm-hmm. But um, there, this place I don't know how to say it, Gorin Brothers, I think. Um, really cool classic hats, like like bowler hats and, um, you know, like Frank Sinatra kind of hats. And um, it was really cool. And they just kind of, like, let you do whatever you want, try on all the hats you want. They're, they're a little spindy for some of them, but um, it was really fun to walk into uh, an actual legitimate hat store and uh, see what they had. And I actually bought, um, I can't remember the name of the style, but, uh, my my uh, teenage daughter said it looks looks good on me, so I had to buy it. Uh, I didn't look like an idiot to her, so that's always a, a, a good. <laughs> yeah, anytime um, your daughter tells you you're not an idiot, yeah, you that's gotta a go with, score. You gotta go with that look, whatever it is. So, uh, so I, I I I forgot to bring it, or else I would oh, next week I'll bring it to the show, um, or next month since we're kind of on a monthly schedule now. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I, they, I think they have multiple locations, but um, I put the link to the one in Boulder because uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I actually purchased three hats in there, um, one for myself and two for other members of the family. And the family we were staying with also purchased, I think, three hats. So it was great. Fun, fun, fun adventure to go on. I'd love to, I'd love to get a, a, a good like bowler or, or pork pie hat. I think that. Yeah. Th- these were like really high quality, like legitimate, yeah. you know, an investment, not just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to wear this for a few weeks and it's done. It was like, no, you're going to wear this for like years. Kind of, kind of hats. Mm. Awesome. And you had one more. This is just to spite you for giving me grief about my Oscar picks. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not giving you grief. You came in second place. Yeah, but you made fun of me for picking a lion soundtrack. Um, that's a it's a great movie. Um, if you like to cry during movies, you should go nope. watch Lion. It's it's a, a very heart wrenching, heartwarming. The story is the story is amazing. I, I'm not going to lie. It, it's an incredible story. It's amazing and a true story. And and Dev Patel was nominated for supporting actor, which is a legitimate nomination, but. Um, Dev Patel is the older version of the main character and the younger version of the main character who's a kid is uh, he's got to be like six. He like he was just amazing. He just stole that show. You you yeah, it was it was an incredible performance by a kid who probably had no idea really what he was doing in the movie and like what that was going to become. But he was at the Oscars. Yeah, so. he was he was very cute in the Oscars. But in the, in the movie, he was just absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say um, listen to the Lion soundtrack and you'll understand my pick. Okay. And then watch the movie if you want a good cry. Mm-hmm. All right, Keith. Keith wants to talk about Hearthstone. Or was that Jeremy sabotaging him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny because Hearthstone just did make a huge announcement with a bunch of new changes. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not talking about that. Um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to make up for the fact that Gary had three picks and I'm going to tell you that I got nothing. 
<laughs> He's done nothing I, this week. I, since since our last show, I have I've been struggling at work. I've been struggling in my personal life. I I haven't had any fun with anything. I haven't enjoyed anything new, and I'm pretty much sick and tired of that. But because of that, I haven't got anything. I played I played a bunch of of BB Tan that I recommended last time that everybody's gotten into. That's um, awesome. And but I can't seem to break that 105 score that I'm stuck at that everybody else has gone past me on. So I'm I'm struggling with that. Uh, 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 you know, I I got nothing. I got life. Life has been pretty crappy to me for the last two weeks, and I'm looking forward to that changing. And maybe next week or or next month, I'll have three picks too. Oh, but for Keith. now. I'm banking them. I got nothing. Keith, you're my no. you're my pick of the week. Good <laughs> <laughs> DNR show is going to lift you out of that. That's this right. Is, this is the, this is the pivot point right here. This, All right. this this beer is helping me. All right, you ready? Here's some and, picks. Oh, and, and my mechanic didn't didn't screw me today, so I'm pretty happy about oh, that. That's good. So I'll make up for Keith not doing any and do three. Um, All good. I would like to heartily recommend uh, the arrival. Uh, the Amy Adams film that was up for Best Picture this year. Um, it stars Amy Adams, um, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker. And it's uh, kind of a sci-fi film about a, an alien alien visitors to the planet. And It's um, a very much a sci-fi film. Yeah. Amy Adams plays a, uh, a linguist who's been drafted in by the government to try to understand and try to communicate with them to figure out what they want. Um, and it's a, it's a very unique take on a sci-fi visit from aliens. Um, it's got elements of, I think, close encounters, elements of Independence Day, elements of E.T. and, um, and elements of like an M. Night Shyamalan early films. Um, there's a great twist that comes, uh, towards the end of the film that, it just it really ma- drove it home and made it, I thought, a pretty awesome movie. And Amy Adams is really good in anything that she does. Um, but uh, I thought The Arrival was excellent. I thought the way they handled aliens was very plausible and very believable. And uh, so it was really good. Or you might have seen Arrival, which is a very similar movie. Uh, and it was one with seven rooms. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. What? What did oh, I Gary's, say? Gary's messing with you. What did I say? Uh, there's, there's no V. It's just arrival. Oh, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. I'm sorry, I misplaced an article. If, That's if, okay. if you were the author <laughs> of that book, yeah, or the, you know, you might be upset by that. That, that yeah, well, article makes it a different film, unfortunately, because there's yeah, several sorry. other arrival. Called, uh, allow me arrival. to give you, allow me to give you the finger. <laughs> Which is, so I was, I was, I was searching for the. Drunk. Well, I was trying to find, I was trying to find what the arrival. And I was like, okay, is it? Well, it's arrival, which makes. I'm gonna sense. rename it. Goddamn arrival. But oh, no, there, no, but the arrival is also. A All movie right, about that's a Charlie, it's a Charlie Sheen movie from the '90s. I know. <laughs> the goddamn arrival. Arrival. Maybe, maybe I should go watch the Charlie. Charlie arrival. Movie? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, my second pick I, for the week today, is. Today, Rob recommends a Charlie Sheen movie. Let me tell you. <laughs> hey, no, hey, Hot Shots Part Two is an awesome movie. <laughs> Hot Shots. 
<laughs> Heart it's great. My second pick of the week is uh, Skyrim. Uh, it's an, a game that's been out for a few years, but uh, Xbox One has just put a digitally remastered version of it with all of the added on stuff out. Uh, it's out for PC and, and PS4. And if you haven't played digitally remastered the game, they digitally remastered it for play on the Xbox with better Xbox One with better graphics. They basically increase the polygon count yeah. from the original stuff, so that it actually looks nicer. Looks amazing. Replace yeah. um, the assets and recompile. If you like, yeah, if exactly. you like RPG um, video games, um, Skyrim is probably the greatest one ever created, in my opinion. I guess. My point is, wasn't it digitally mastered the first time? It was, but now it's been uh, remastered, remastered, even better for a better system. Okay. Uh, so Skyrim is an incredibly engrossing, uh, well-told RPG, and even if you never uh, finished or got into the main quest, there are so many side quests and things you could do that you could literally spend hundreds of hours um, developing a career and, and, and having incredible side stories. It's just amazing, amazing game. Um, so I heartily recommend Skyrim. And finally, uh, this is one I recommended before a couple of months ago, but I'm recommending it again for my boys because I want them to buy it so I can start playing them. I really want you guys to get Twilight Struggle for the iPad um, so we can start playing. It's a Cold War strategy game, and it's just an amazing... I'm so sucked into this game. Um, just enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, I think Does it's it like, cost money? It's 10 bucks on... Yeah, it's uh, like 10 bucks. It's expensive. Wow. It's really good, though. Um, it's like three cups of coffee. I know. It's really expensive. Skyrim, the remastered edition on Xbox One, is probably like seventy bucks. It's sixty but, seventy dollars. So yeah, I'm so I forgot. I forgot. We never recommend things on this show that cost money. Sorry about that. Forgot. It's totally worth. Skyrim, totally worth it because it's, yeah. it's digital. Gary's remastered. telling us to go. By, Gary's out telling us to go buy F and hats, and I'm getting grief because I recommended a ten dollar app. Well, welcome to Highlight. Struggle. Is that so? That's the that's the iOS the iOS game that looks like Risk. Uh, it's it, it's yeah. I'll say yes, but it's nothing like Risk. No, I'm just I'm looking at the I'm looking at the screenshots. I want to make sure I got the right one. It looks yes, like a, a risky kind of. It's it's yeah. World with crap on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, there's there's so little luck involved in this game as opposed to Best Risk and description it's, ever. The world with crap on it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Recommend Twilight Struggle, Arrival, and Skyrim. That's it, gentlemen. It's time to give your uh, ratings for your beers. Oh, yeah. Gary, what do you give? Uh, all of us do it at once. <laughs> Gary, what do you give? Upslope Brewing Imperial IPA. I give it a nine. Bam. Um, uh, I rated it early on Untapped so that I could remember what I rated it. So that's a good ah, reference. Good call. Very um, good. Yeah, it's like. Dank and sticky, and uh, it's a great mouthfeel. And the glass has like all this, like you know, stuff hanging out there. So the lacing is awesome. It's great. All right, for all you ladies out there, Gary likes dank and sticky. Uh, Jeremy, uh, what do you give your homebrew Oktoberfest Laga? I'm going to give that a three out of ten. Ooh, it's it's better than Bud. It's a lager. Yeah, it's not. It's, it wasn't. It doesn't have. We've had some damn good loggers on this show. Shut your mouth. But baby Up daddy, baby daddy, I'll give a seven a out of ten. That I just want to remind everyone. Yeah. 
So a three for Gary's or yeah, Jeremy's homebrew. Yeah. Uh, what'd you give? What'd you give? What'd you give, Baby Daddy? Baby Daddy, talking? I'll give a seven out of ten. It's got oh. great flavor. Um, okay. All right. There's could your. Be, could be better mouthfeel, but it's a session IPA, so you don't expect the full-bodied, super feel that you get in you know, regular you know, people, IPAs. People often say that about baby daddies. They don't have <laughs> enough mouth. I saw that coming. I saw that coming down the turnpike a mile away. A mile That's away. Awesome. Keith, please That's give your Midnight better. Sun from Ithaca Beer a rating. Midnight Sun. Black Lager, the Schwartz beer with the dark chocolate finish, is really damn good. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a seasonal or a regular by then, but it's really good. I kind of respect Ithaca for experimenting a lot because they've put out some real shit um, <laughs> that we've had on the show too. Uh, but the fact that they keep putting out different stuff is, is I think, what makes craft beer great. And this one is a winner. I give this an 8 out of 10, a very, very solid 8. Okay. So it's good to have a variety of shit that you put out? Well, you know, if you put out enough shit, I guess, I guess some, some of it eventually sticks to the wall. Or is that dank and Is it dank and sticky? Uh, it's a little dank. It's not very sticky, which I think is good. I, I like a clean finish on mine. That does. It is, it is a little earthy and dank with that dark chocolate in there. Though. I will give it that. <laughs> uh, I will give Sam Adams uh, Downtime Lager a solid seven. It's uh, it's good. It's not the greatest. I'm uh, sorry, uh, Downtime Pilsner. Um, it's not the greatest Pilsner I've ever had, but it's 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 pretty darn good. So it gets a seven for me. Cool. All right, gentlemen. Any closing thoughts as we wrap up this episode? Our Oscar recap. I got zero. <laughs> I too would say Jeremy's got zero. <laughs> That's me. Scary Keith. Any closing thoughts? Drink more beer. Yeah. Sure. Beer beer. I didn't have enough beer in the last two weeks, and I think that might have been part of my oh, problem. Yeah, my kid I, I missed an awesome pick next week. Hmm. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. It's going to wrap it up for the show. Keith, play us out. This has been the PNR show. No return. We want you guys to drink more beer responsibly, of course. I no. Who else was in the arrival? Heptapod one, Heptapod two. No, no, that's that's arrival. You, 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 uh, uncivilized boob. <laughs> the arrival, I'll have you know, was uh, Sir Charlie Sheen and Lindsey Krause, Richard Schiff, Ron Silver, Terry Polo. Bill Paxton. Uh, oh, and the, the great Leon Rippey. Zane, an astronomer, discovers intelligent alien life, but the aliens are keeping a deadly secret and will stop anything, will do anything to stop Zane from learning it. So there you go.